to them about going to church. Galatians chapter 5 is where we begin today. In the first section of Galatians that we studied was Paul's blunt response. It was very blunt with him, him addressing and defend, defending the gospel of grace and defending himself as an apostle to be able to proclaim the gospel of grace. And then second, the second part that we've been in has been Paul's loving appeal for his brothers in Christ. But third, now we move into this new section. The last two chapters will be an illustration of how with right doctrine, right beliefs, it should lead to a right way of living. In the last two chapters, we're going to get into a right way of living by the Holy Spirit in our life. And how should that change our way of living? Because it should change our way of living. But let's go ahead and read from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 to 12. I think I've got nice and big for you to be able to see up front here. And in Galatians chapter 5, we'll read this. For freedom, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You're severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of the righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You're running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. There's a lot there. There's a lot that we could talk about. We could truly just preach for another month just on this section of 12 verses. We're not going to do that. So I ask you this. If we don't get into a verse that you think, oh, man, what did he mean there? Well, come talk to me or start researching it on your own and dig in. But today we're talking about this. We're talking about free. Rejecting a life of, lie, a life of lies by running forward freely in the truth. <clears throat> you notice that guy kind of running there, and I said rejecting a life of lies by running forward freely in the truth. Do you enjoy running? You know, let's just do a raise of hands. Who here has ever gone for a run? Maybe it was in your high school days, your middle school days. Come on, everybody's gone for a run at some point in time, right? Well, I used to love going for runs. And I've been running for 20 years, on again, off again. It's hard to believe that it's been that long. But at times, I was very dedicated to running. I would go running every single day of the week. Other times, not so much. You see, for the, pa for the past few years, it's been hard to motivate myself to go for a run. And maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's something else. You know, to give myself a little bit of credit, I think I'd say it's also just the busyness of life. It's easier to go for a run when you're in high school and you don't have kids yet, you don't have families yet, you don't have obligations or responsibilities. But once you grow older, you have to make time for running. You have to make it a priority. And that's not easy when I'm not a morning guy. So I could get up an hour earlier every day and go for a run. 
But that's just not easy for me. Besides that, running to some of you might be seen as punishment, right? Because if you go for a run, your legs hurt, your chest hurt, your lungs hurt. But that's not because running is painful. It's because our bodies aren't used to it. It's because we haven't trained our bodies properly yet to be able to do it. So to train my body to get back in shape, this year I signed up for another Tough Mudder. And some of you guys know this. And some of you guys know what that is. It's a 10-mile run with 25 obstacles. And you're running with thousands of other people. And I was joking about it. But I got to talking with some of the guys in this church. And they got kind of excited about wanting to do one with me. So now we're doing one together as a group. And if anybody's interested in that, talk to me. We'd love to have more people join our group. But here's the point. I'm going to get back in shape again. I say this every year, right? But I'm, I'm starting to run again. And just yesterday, I went running for the first time in like six or eight months. Now, all through winter, I've been playing basketball. But it's different. It's this endurance that you train your body to have with running. And I used to love to go for a run. Was, was it fun yesterday when I went for a run? Did I enjoy it? Well, yes and no. No for the plain, obvious fact that it did hurt. My legs were not used to it. It hurt because it might have been beautiful outside, but it was also cold. So as I found myself running down Duncan Road here out into the country, I found my chest hurting, my lungs, my throat, because of that cold air entering. And I'm just not used to it anymore. So I look forward to warm days. But you know what? I also did enjoy it. I loved it. Because the moment you get done, you have this feeling of accomplishment. And not just that, you know that you're doing what you should be doing, respecting and honoring and taking care of this body that God's blessed us with. Not just that, but it's freeing. It's freeing as you find yourself running and you're just, all the cares, all the pains, anything else starts to disappear as you just focus on your surroundings. And maybe in some cases, sometimes you hear the birds chirping, you hear the wind rustling through the trees, the leaves, or... Maybe you run at night. You're able to see the stars and the moon and the beautiful creation that God has created. For me, yesterday, I was able to focus on talking with a good friend through that run. And it was freeing, too, as we're able to talk with each other and share things that's going on in our lives with each other. So, yes, I loved going for a run. It was freeing. You know, I want to share with you just quickly an experience. You see, I can think of many good experiences running, but I can also think of one really bad experience with running. I thought I'd share it with you, just share the good and the bad. You see, I remember a race that I did with my brother, and I think it was the very first race I ever did with him. It was called the Castle Run 10K race, and this run was so terrible that I am not joking. I literally had stroller-pushing mothers passing me by on hills. Now, I was probably about 25 at this time, 24, 25. I had stroller-pushing moms passing me on the hills. That's pretty pathetic, guys. But let's take it a bit further. I remember at about mile marker five, I had uh, what had been about a 90-year-old man pass me by. <laughs> Talk about conviction. Talk about making you feel bad. I'm here running, like huffing and puffing, and here's this 90-year-old man just doing his thing, and you could tell he had been running probably his whole life. But still, he was all hunched over, and tw twice, triple my age, more, 
And he was running with endurance the race that was in front of him. He was focused on that goal, focused on that prize. Here's the problem. Sometimes we get distracted in our run, in life. We get distracted. We get slowed down. We start looking to the side. We start looking backwards, and we get distracted from the way that we should be living, the way we should be going. Now, this is where I transition to the Galatians, you see. This example is just like the Galatians because Paul is talking to them. Paul is motivating them to go the distance, to not give up, but to build, build themselves up, to train, and to pace themselves. You see, as a younger man and as a runner, and just like many kids out there who start running, or maybe adults who start running, we have this tendency to not pace ourselves or to get easily distracted. And as you don't pace yourself, you might start off great. You're sprinting. You're running fast. You're looking at the people beside you and thinking, man, I'm doing good. Look at all these people I'm passing. But then you reach a half mile, a mile, two miles, whatever it is, and you find yourself slowing down. And as you find yourself slowing down, you find yourself looking for any distraction you could have to just stop running. Oh, a cramp. I've got to start walking. Oh, a water break. Yes, an excuse to stop. And here's where we are with the Galatians. The Galatians started off great. They were running with Christ. They, were, they had accepted Christ. They had accepted this newfound notion of grace, being saved by grace. But then all of a sudden, they slow down. These false teachers, these false views start to come into their life, and they get distracted from the truth. They slow down. Paul writes to them to encourage them, and as he writes in, in chapter 5, verse 1, he says this, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Stand fast, some translations say. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, obviously, Paul is not talking to these Galatians about them running a 10K run or a half marathon or a 5K run. He's talking about life, life with Christ. Paul's talking about how they're looking to an old system of laws that these false teachers are trying to tell them to live according to, a system which leads to slavery instead of freedom. But I still think we can use this as a great example you see, the law here is described as a yoke of slavery. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to, again, to a yoke of slavery. You see, in this time, the Jewish um, custom was thinking that a yoke was actually a good thing, as it would, it would keep you under control, kind of like accountability. And that's a good thing if you look back at history. But here Paul is also relating it to a, be a bad thing because a yoke was also used to control animals in bondage, in slavery, to do as their master would tell them to do. And here this yoke is figuratively representing the burdensome nature of slavery that we put ourselves in when we think we can only receive grace, we can only receive life, salvation, through living according to these old laws or according to works. We must be good enough to receive the grace of God. But we can, never we can never be good enough to receive the grace of God. But we can do one good thing. And that one good thing is being redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Asking him for forgiveness and accepting that he is good enough. He's more than good enough and he is everything that we need 
The Galatians started off fast, but they forgot to focus ahead. And they for, forgot to focus ahead or if they, they got distracted by the things that came into the life to the side, they started to slow down. They were running well, but they failed to go to the distance. They had not given up yet, though. I truly believe Paul is still encouraging them to pick it back up. Start running again. You had your break, and in that break, you started looking to the wrong way. You started getting distracted, but now it's time to focus on truth. They needed to run strong. The Galatian people needed to acknowledge the truth of what was distracting them. And in verse 5, 1 to 12, in verse 7, I got past, here we are. In verse 7, it says this. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You see, we need to look to our life, too, and see what is hindering us. What is getting in the way of the truth? And this leads me to the major point, the major statement that I want you to take home today. And three related applications to look at at your life. So it's this. If you're taking notes, write this down. It's never too late to reject false views, stand firm, and move forward in the direction God would have you to go. I can't tell you this enough. It is never too late. If it was too late, we wouldn't have Christ in our life right now, but Christ is always there waiting for you. He wants to give us life. God desires to give us life. The problem is sometimes... We think we have this life, but we really don't. We're really not living according to life because we still have that yoke around us. We're still looking to this bondage. We're still looking to this slavery that we're not supposed to. We, too, need to be sure to keep our eyes focused ahead on running freely by focusing on the truth and rejecting the lies. You know, I, at times, in running these races, have had these same types of problems. I get distracted. I start running slow. Maybe I started off too fast, and then I get winded. I lose my breath, and then it's hard to get back to going once you stop, once you slow down. The Galatians also had their problems, which were leading them to slow down. But they needed to reject these problems. What problems do we have in our lives that we need to reject? What problems do we have in our life which are hindering us from running freely? Now, freely means not under the control of another, as one wishes, without restriction or interference, no longer confined or imprisoned. What in your life is imprisoning you? What in your life is holding you back from fully running in the direction that God wants you to go? I want to show you this quick clip, and then we'll talk more about Galatians chapter 5. If you could... Dim the lights, please. You turn on the volume if needed.
It's never too late to reject false views, to stand firm, and to move forward in the direction that God would have you to go. So if you're at the business meeting a few weeks ago, then you, you heard me talk about kind of the vision for this year. And it's not really a new vision. It's, it's a vision we should have with every year. But it's a focus for this year, and that focus is that we need to be working on the inside. Now, we're not changing the fact or changing the the re reality that we also always need to be working on the outside and getting the gospel to this community. But we also need to be working on the inside. And here in Galatians, the Galatians were hindered. They were held back. They were slowed down from following Jesus and surrendering to grace alone because they kept looking to the past or the past laws of these false teachers. 
They were being distracted by, from all the things that were going on around them instead of focusing on what could be going on in front of them. They were distracted by all the things going on around them instead of focusing on the things that God could be doing in front of them. It's never too late to reject these false views, guys. Never too late to work on your marriages, to work on your addictions, to work on your fallacies or your problems, your weaknesses. But we need to realize that God comes first. We need to realize that God is the one that gives us the strength to work through these things. And I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you've been through. We continue to pray for God to give us the strength to work through those things and to make all things new. It's never too late. Never too late. We too often hindered or held back from our future and the plans God would have for us, his will. Because we look to our sinful past in a way which allows it to put a yoke on us. To put us into bondage. To have control over us and to steer us in whatever direction that it wants to, do, to go. Paul tells the Galatians to stand firm. And by telling them to stand firm, Paul is telling them to do something of action. To take action. He's not telling them just to stand casually and let whatever push you around, push you. But stand firm. Place your feet firm in the ground. And don't allow this to continue to push you in whatever direction it wants you to go. Paul believed that even though the Galatians had recently went in this direction of embracing the false gospel of being justified by these works of the law, he believed that it wasn't too late. He's encouraging them to stand firm and reject the view. Stand firm or fast means that it takes effort to stay here. But it takes effort and it's worth it as it gets you back on track, back running in the race. You see, someone who is legally made free in Jesus, I believe, can still live in bondage if you're not fully surrendering everything to him. Or if you're letting these little things creep back in. I, got a, I heard a great example or illustration of this this week by D.L. Moody, who, he, who quoted an old former slave woman in the South following the Civil War. I put the words up here just in case, but I want to read this to you. Again, it's the great evangelist D.L. Moody, if you're taking notes. He illustrated a point by quoting an old former slave woman in the South following the Civil War. Being a former slave, she was confused about her status, and she asked this. Now, is I free or been I not? When I go to my old master, he says I ain't free. And when I go to my own people, they say I is. And I don't know whether I'm free or not. Some people told me that Abraham Lincoln signed a proclamation, but Master says he didn't. He didn't have any right to. You see, many Christians are confused on the same point. Jesus Christ has given them an emancipation proclamation from their old Master, which tells them that they, they are no longer slaves. But the old Master keeps telling them, you are slaves. And he brainwashes us. He puts that yoke on us. He controls us. And we continue to live in bondage to an old master only because we're being deceived. We're going to look to three things we need to do. And I already gave them to you in that master, that, that statement for today. But number one is this. We need to reject. This old southern lady in the south, she, this old slave, she needed to reject 
these deceptions, and she needed to live free. And that's what we need to do, too. Christ has set you free to live free. Reject the false views that our old masters, sin in the world, continues to try and persuade us to do, to live in. The burden has been lifted free already. We just need to live in the new way. What in your life is holding you back and causing you to live in a life of slavery? You see, Paul wanted his readers to live free. Paul wanted his readers to stand firm and reject these things and to live free. And God wants the same thing for us. God does not want us to continue to live in bondage. Number two is stand firm. As we said, Christ has set you free. So we need to live in the truth. And as we live in the truth, we should be rejoicing in him. Because we have come to our final resting place in peace. And by saying that, I don't mean that we're dead. We're not dead. I don't mean we've come to heaven and into God's presence yet. But what I mean is we're no longer seeking things of this world. Possessions, materialism, addictions, anything of this world searching for that peace. Because we know we have peace through the grace of God, through Jesus. We find our eternal peace in Christ, the grace of God. Number three is move forward. Christ has set you free, so we need to run. But as we run, we run free. We don't run with shackles on our legs around our ankles. I couldn't find them, but I wanted to run in here with shackles on my legs and kind of fall down a few times. It'd get a good laugh. I don't know if it would really get my point across. But are we truly running free as God would want us to? Or are we just kind of running, walking, running, walking, and doing interval training because we have this heavy weight holding us back? It's hard to get yourself motivated, but I tell you, once you do get motivated to run, you will feel like your life is right where it needs to be. You'll feel like you're running on the clouds. You'll feel like you're running on cloud nine. We must take hold of the truth and run with it so that no one can take it away. And after I wrote that, I thought about a toddler. Have you ever had a toddler in your presence or a little kid in your presence and they, they sneak and they get some candy off of an end table or a coffee table. They get some candy. And you say, now little Johnny, bring that candy to me. Do they bring it to you? Maybe sometimes, but what I'm picturing is that little kid gives you this little snicker, this little laugh, and he turns around and he just runs with that piece of candy because he doesn't want to give that back to you, to you because it's valuable to him. It's precious to him. And this gospel of grace that we have, this freedom that we have, it should be precious to us like that. We should want to run with it in a way that we don't look back. We don't get distracted. Now, are distractions going to happen? Yes. Are we going to get slowed down? Yes. But that's where we need to hold each other accountable. That's where we have to put our confidence in one another. And just like I ran with somebody yesterday, and I was talking with them throughout my run, and we talked about, oh, I feel that pain starting on my leg. We're going to encourage each other and say, well, we're not stopping yet. We're going to at least make it to that next sign. And then with each time, we get more and more endurance built, built up so that we can persevere through those hard times. That's what we need. We need the prize, grace, in a new life in Christ. And we need it in a way which we fully grip onto it. We fully grasp onto it, just like that little kid, that little toddler. And we run with it. We need to stand firm in the truth. We need to reject the false views. We need to reject these things that the video shows that we hold ourselves back 
because of. Things in our past, God doesn't want us to focus on those things of our past. God wants us to focus on the things that he has for our future. Hebrews 12, 1 tells us, Let us throw off everything that hinders in the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You see, the Galatians were being hindered to turn to the law. And Paul was persuading them, pleading with them, don't give in to circumcision or don't give in to any other law. I truly think this is just the one thing Paul is really focusing on. And it might have been one major point that they were, they were about to give in to, but it's one major point that he's focusing on. There's many other laws, many other false teachings that might have been being thrown their way. But he's telling them, there is nothing that saves us but grace. Plus nothing, Jesus saves, and we must run away from anything else. That's why Paul in verse 9 says, A little leaven leavens the whole lump. We must run from these little leavens that come into our life. These little lies that come into our life. These little lustful thoughts or temptations to do wrong. And we think, oh, it's, it's just a little thing. I can ask forgiveness later, but it's not. The more little things we add into our life, the more big things it creates. And the bigger things we have in our life, the more of them we have hinders us to turn around. And soon we find ourselves just in the same position as the Galatians. Paul ended this section, though, by talking about how the Jewish false teachers were apparently trying to spread false rumors that Paul was also preaching this circumcision. Now, they, they took it out of context, though. Because it's not that Paul had, not, had gone completely away from circumcision. It was mi a misunderstanding of Paul's intent. In 1 Corinthians 9.22, he says, Become all things to all people so that I may be every possible means to save some. In that same spirit is why Paul had Timothy circumcised. Timothy was circumcised to become a Jew ethnically so that he could minister to the Jews. Now, you need to see the clear line there. It's not for salvation. It wasn't for salvation. And there's still things that we do today, which are good things. Memorizing God's word, coming to church, doing good works. They're not bad things. They're good things. But we need to have a right understanding that that's not what saves us. He's trying to clear his name and tell the people that these, these lies, these rumors are being spread. But this is not what I mean. This is not what I'm trying to say. Again, it's never too late to reject these false views. Paul was rejecting those false teachings, those false views, and he's standing firm on the truth so that he can move forward in the direction that God would want him to go. It's never too late to start rejecting these lies, but we must focus on the truth. And as we focus on the truth, we need to use God's word. Such as in Colossians 1.13, where it says, He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Are we still living in the darkness, though? Or do we still allow the darkness to creep in in a way which it, it starts to take our eyes off of the light, off of Christ? John 8.32 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then we can add on John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be really free. If you are free. What do we need to reject today? 
to truly make you feel free, surely some of us have something in our life which is holding us bondage and having a yoke over us. Maybe it's health issues, physical health issues, which are holding us back from fully accepting the fact that God is in control. Maybe it's mental health issues, emotional health issues. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's addictions. Maybe it's anxieties. Maybe it's control. Maybe it's something totally different that I'm not mentioning. Maybe it's marriage issues. Maybe it's financial issues. What is it in this world that is controlling you from focusing on God's world? You see, God has already freed you from things which you're still living enslaved to. You have to truly work the gospel of grace in Jesus deep down in you in order to truly run with endurance. The Galatians here were not running in freedom of truth. They were starting to get distracted and be slowed down. I think we do the same. And that's why we need to start rejecting these false views. We need to stand firm and live free and run. And if you truly are saved, we run free. We don't run with shackles around our ankles. We run free. Make the choice to accept that freedom today and truly run with endurance the race that God has for you. Not the race that the world has for you, which could never, never add up to be enough. It's grace plus nothing. We're going to do something different today. I've been doing a lot of different things today. But as we close in prayer and as the worship band comes up, I want us all to stand. And I want to make sure that we all pray for one another today. Everybody, please stand. Worship band, you can start coming up. And we're going to close in prayer, but we're going to close in prayer by putting our hands just on somebody around you. I don't care who it is in front of you, behind you, beside you, but I want everybody to get a hand on you, and we're going to pray for one another. And just like as I was running, I was able to talk with somebody beside me. We need to realize that we have these brothers and sisters in Christ to help us through life. What is it in your life that's holding you back? What is it in your life that you're enslaved to? We're going to have a moment of silence. I want you just quietly. You don't have to out loud. If you want out loud, you can. But you can silently pray for that person that you have your hands on. So that everybody realizes today is a powerful day because I have God in my life and I have brothers and sisters in Christ praying for me. And during the song and after the song, we're going to have deacons up front. And if you'd like to come up front and have specific prayer for you. Come forward so we can pray for you. I don't care how late we are to Sunday school. We're going to pray for you today. Let's have a moment of silence, and I'll close us in prayer after a moment. Just take a moment to pray. Lord, we pray for whoever our hands are upon today. We pray right now that they will recognize the power that they have by being connected with the Heavenly Father who loves them and being connected right now with hands on them of brothers and sisters in Christ. Brothers and sisters who care for them and love for them. And although we might let them down at times, you will never let us down. We can always look up to you, Lord. May we 
release these chains, release these shackles, and truly accept the freedom that you want us to have. May we stand firm in a way that we realize we need to not keep going backwards, but we need to run forward. Let's reject these false views today. Let's reject these bondage, whatever it is that holding it, that's holding us back. It is never too late to reject the lie and to move forward in the truth. If we're having marriage problems today, I pray that we give them to you and we continue to work through them. We never give up. If we had marriage problems in the past, we still need to give them to you. If we have addictions, if we have financial struggles, we have emotional struggles, physical struggles, we need to realize whatever it is in my life, our life, holding us back, that you care about us, you love us, and you want to help us. Let's run free. Let's run free. sing together. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. You are the struggling with forgiving somebody and because of that you've still got these shackles around you and you're not living as God would want you to live because God tells us to look to the example Christ has given us on that cross you see we're called to forgive one another as we love one another and the cross is either a stumbling block or the power of God for salvation you either boast in it or you mock it or you reject its power let's accept the power of the cross today to allow us to move forward Reject the false views, stand firm, and move forward and run free. We're going to close in prayer, but after that, the deacons are going to come forward here, and for the next five minutes, which five, ten minutes, we're just going to hang out up here. Anybody that wants to come up here and just pray. And we know the healing power is not in us. It's not in that person that had their hand on you, but the healing power is in God. And we know that sometimes it helps us to be able to talk with somebody else and to be able to lift that up together. Maybe you haven't had the strength to lift that up to God on your own. That forgiveness issue, that anger issue, that bitterness issue, that patience, whatever it is. 
Maybe you need help. We're here to help you today. Brian, could you close us in prayer? God, thank you for wanting to change our heart and to be our father and our friend and help us to turn to you. In Jesus' name.